Happy Friday, everybody, and welcome back to Get Your Goat. Your host, Josh, here, and there's a lot to get into. The first ever Week 18 in the NFL season, it has finally arrived, and there are still a lot to determine. Playoff teams to determine in both the NFC, AFC seeding as well. A couple of Saturday games tomorrow. A great Sunday night game. Winner gets in. Crazy scenario. But I'll get into all that as I look at each Week 18 matchup, what it means, who I think will win and why. Then a crazy New York Knicks win and comeback last night that I did not expect. Then I look ahead to the Bucks in the Nets tonight. Giannis, Kevin Durant, and then the Hawks and the Lakers. Lakers on a four-game winning streak. Can they keep it up? LeBron's been great. Trey Young has been great. Who will come out on top? Then I'm going to finish with a preview of the college football national championship game. The rematch of the SEC championship game. And a rematch of the national championship game four years ago. Georgia in Alabama. Who has the edge Monday night? So let's get right into it. Starting with Antonio Brown officially getting cut. Uh, Talked about this on my past previous podcast this week, uh, but he was not dismissed from the team until yesterday. It was made official, so he has been cut, placed on waivers. Any team can pick him up, but I don't believe any team will after not only the antics that he decided to uh, throw on Sunday against the Jets, But also the fact that he has a bad ankle and he's going to need surgery. So why sign him if he won't be able to play for this weekend for the playoffs? Would be a waste uh, there of money, space. So it'd just be best if nobody signs him. And I don't think anybody will. But Bruce Arians, Tom Brady spoke out about it yesterday. Tom Brady still much more loving and sympathetic, even when Antonio Brown went after Tom Brady and his trainer, Alex Guerrero, which makes no sense. Again, Tom Brady, his loved AB, invited him into his house, let him stay at his house, uh, gave him the only shot to play football again, and he's ungrateful. Blasts of both of them for a money dispute that really wasn't even a dispute. I mean, when you post and screenshot text messages, you hope that they're like incriminating and juicy. But these just weren't. These were not bad messages. It wasn't like, oh, he's screenshotting messages. It's like, oh, wow, this is about to get real. And it it wasn't real. Uh, Antonio Brown... You know, let Alice Guerrero, the trainer for Tom Brady, let him know that, hey, uh, he's done, you know, with it, didn't receive what he wanted. So he wanted, you know, his money back, which is understandable. And AG, Alex Guerrero, said, hey, that's not a problem. Let me know where to send the balance. Uh, much love, my friend. And left it at that. And you post that like it's incriminating and it's supposed to make me be on your side? 
No, it doesn't. It makes you seem crazy. And then what about the other one uh, to Bruce Arians? It was, hey, we're not resting any players. You know, call me. And he said, oh, my ankle, I'll give you a call. And that was it. Nothing bad on either side, but really, you're going to make this about the ankle. Bruce Arians says it was about the targets. So it's who to believe. And at this point, I believe Bruce Arians because he's had this ankle injury for most of the year. He's been hindered by it. Uh, didn't play a lot of the weeks and he was suspended. You know, I thought it would be healed by then, but he still didn't practice a lot. But the week before this past Sunday, not the Jets game, the week before, uh, the Panthers had him on my fantasy team. Don't want to make this a fantasy thing. But he caught 10 uh, receptions, 101 yards, got me, you know, 20 points, was very happy with it. And he looked great, looked great, played like almost every snap, had 15 targets, played great, looked great. Nothing about the ankle from him. It was him addressing the media. You guys are all about drama. I'm just here to play football. He looked great, didn't look like the ankle was bothering him. Now, he doesn't get the targets that he had last week. It's going back to Gronk. There's an issue with him, Gronk, Brady. You know, he tells Brady, you're back to your boy. And Antonio Brown doesn't see as many targets. You know, then he goes off and says it's an injury thing. Well, you didn't look hampered either week while playing by it. You know, I believe your ankle was injured because, you know, you didn't practice. Uh... And you still posted your screenshots of your ankle. I think it was bad. But I think it's a bigger deal here than what has been led to believe. And then him saying that, you know, the cutthroat, you know, with the slash, you're out of here. You know, there's been no video or proof on that. So it's hard to believe that aspect of it as well. In a day and age where there's video for everything. You know, we saw the... Uh, interchange between Antonio Brown and Mike Evans. Mike Evans trying to calm, calm him down a few times there on the sideline, and eventually he just gave up. Antonio Brown, you wasted your chance in a league. I'm glad Tom Brady made you a Super Bowl champion last year, but this was the last stop. I know you say business will be booming next season. I beg to differ. I really do not think business will be booming. Maybe with your new mixtape that you got going on in your song, Pit Not the Palace, maybe that'll work out for you. But in the football, you're done, bro. You're done. Now moving on to Week 18 matchups. Starting tomorrow, there's two games on. The first is the Chiefs and the Broncos. And to me, what really is a meaningless game, Chiefs are the two seed. Do they want the one seed? Sure, but that would require the Tennessee Titans to lose to the Houston Texans, which I don't envision. So to me, they're going to end up with the two seed. I like Kansas City to win this game. They have won 12 straight over the Denver Broncos. And I know we talk about streaks are meant to be broken, things are meant to end. I don't see this one ending tomorrow you know Denver 
this the past game that they played in Kansas City this year. 22-9 Kansas City. But this was a great game by the Denver Broncos, who just couldn't convert. Outgained the Chiefs by over 130 yards, 404 to 267. Teddy Bridgewater threw for more yards than Patrick Mahomes. They rushed for more yards. I mean, it was just thoroughly outgained. They had less penalties as well. They had the higher time of possession, and they only scored nine points. Why was that the case? Turnovers, turnovers, turnovers. They had three turnovers. They could not convert him a red zone, one for three. And they were three of six on fourth downs. All, you know, reasons why they lost the game. They could not hold on to the ball. They turned the ball over. Uh, they were not efficient. That is why they lost, even if they had the gaudier stats, than the Kansas City Chiefs. And that's when the Chiefs' offense really wasn't rolling. It was the defense carrying them. The past few weeks, Kansas City has played a lot better on offense against, you know, ever since that game, really. The Raiders, they scored 48 points. The Chargers scored 34, got into overtime. The Steelers, 36. And even last week, I know they lost to the Bengals, but they still put up 31. So their offense, to me, is finding a groove, and I think it's enough to beat Denver Broncos this weekend. Drew Locke is starting no Teddy Bridgewater either, who suffered a concussion. So because of all that factoring in, I like the Chiefs to win this game. They're an 11.5-point favorite. To me, that's kind of right around where I'm thinking. I'm thinking, you know, with 10 to 14 mark. Uh, so I think Denver Broncos can certainly win, certainly cover. I don't think they have any problem with the Denver Broncos. Cowboys and Eagles. This is an interesting one. Because Philadelphia clinched a spot. They really can't move up. They're either 7 or 6. Dallas has already clinched their division. They can't get the 1 seed. Green Bay has already locked that up. So the best they can do is 2-4 to four if they hope some other teams win. But really, to me, they're the 4 seed. Because even if the Rams lose, Cardinals win, all that. The Cardinals beat the Cowboys. So to me, Dallas is really stuck at the 4 seed. But Mike McCarthy says... We are going to play all our starters, the ones that are playing. Uh, Tyrone Smith, their left tackle, won't be playing. Big part of what they do. Their best defensive player, Micah Parsons, has COVID. He will not be playing. So you look at this. You look that it's in Philly, and you look at the other side. Will Philadelphia play all their starters as well? You've got uh, Devontae Smith, who wants to play. Uh who's looking hot, but you know, you also have your quarterback, Jalen Hurts, who's been really good, who does a lot with the run game as well. He's dealing with an ankle sprain. Do you risk injuring him when you know the most you can move up is really one spot? And if the Niners lose, you don't drop a spot because you beat the Saints. So it is kind of a difficult thing. I really don't think the Eagles, if that ankle for Jalen Hurts is bothering him, will he play COVID-19 interrupting this team? I think Dallas is going to win. However, this is one of those losses where I said, you know, Dallas, you know, and their inexplicable losses, they'll have three. So far, you know, they have two. They have the Raiders. They have the Broncos. Now it's getting here. 
you know, I thought the Cardinals would beat them last week. They did. However, it's the Eagles. I think they'll win because they're a little bit more healthy. Yes, they've lost some key guys, but so is Philly. You know, this is a game where if Dallas plays their starters, they should win. It'll be very telling if Dallas plays their starters and they don't win, or if this game is really close, it's in Philly. These two teams do not like each other. But at the end of the day, I'm rolling with the Dallas Cowboys. Then, starting Sunday, Cincinnati and Cleveland. Cincinnati can still play for the top seed, but they realize that, hey, we're going to need both uh, Kansas City and Tennessee to do that. We're not doing that. We're going to rest our starters. And I think this is a good decision by Cincinnati because Joe Burrow, little dinged up there at the end of the Kansas City game. There's no Juro, or there's no Juro, no Joe Burrow playing in the first round of the playoffs. I don't care who they're playing. Patriots, Colts, you're out. They are out. So it's smart for him to get some rest, uh, see you know what you can do put maybe put Jamar Chase in there for a few uh plays to you know break the Cincinnati receiving record or things like that those are all things I would do but I do not expect Cleveland to come out that competitive with Brandon Allen as their quarterback but you also have Cleveland who's not playing their quarterback however I trust Case Keenum more than Brandon Allen Cleveland Earlier in the year, defense dominated. They had a pick six against Joe Burrow. They beat the Bengals 41-16. to Bengals are, I mean, yeah, Bengals are a six-point underdog. I like Cleveland to actually win this game uh, because of that. Uh, Baker Mayfield, who's just been terrible. Uh, he's been so bad, and I know he has the harness, the shoulder injury. He's dinged up, but he should have got surgery uh, sooner. He tried to play through it all and seemed like this gutsy, tough quarterback, and in the end, it didn't work out for him because he got injured, he couldn't play, and ultimately, Cleveland missed the playoffs. I think a healthy Case Keenum could have got the Browns farther than an injured Baker Mayfield. That's what I feel. We're not talking about Tom Brady and his torn MCL last year. Baker Mayfield ain't that guy. Uh, So now you have this decision as well. Uh, looming around the Browns now uh, this weekend. It's Baker Mayfield. Could he ask to be traded if he doesn't like the direction of this team? Would the Browns actually trade him? He's got a $19 million cap hit. I think his cap hit was somewhere around 5 or $7 million this year, but they extended him the fifth-year option uh, for his rights. So that's $19 million. Do I think he deserves $19 million? No, absolutely not. Uh Last year, yes. This year, no. It's crazy how much of a difference one year can make on the perception of you, where Browns are Super Bowl contenders, and I thought they were right there with Baker. And this year, the perception has changed. Baker's going to be overpaid. You know, can you get rid of him? He, I mean, he's competent at best. Uh, I never think he'll have a higher ceiling than that. But after all this, I still think the Browns will win. Yes, they're banged up, you know, Miles Garrett and all them. But Bengals, you know, like I said, no Joe Burrow. Joe Mixon won't be playing Trey Hopkins or sack leader Trey Hendrickson. Safety's on Bell. So, really, 
I don't expect a lot coming from the Bengals, I think, because they've got a lot of players on COVID on the list. It's just get healthy for the playoffs. We'll sacrifice this game, the three seed, four seed. We'll play whoever we want to play. And maybe it'll work out better because do we want to play the Chiefs in the divisional round? Or would we rather play the Titans at something that coaches, teams have to consider? And hey, do we want our first game matchup to be against the Patriots? Or do we want it to be against the Colts? You know, all things you have to consider. Then next after that is Green Bay and Detroit. I like Detroit in an upset. Can you believe it? Green Bay's line is only a three-point favorite. I like Green Bay in an upset. Matt LaFleur has said, you know, we're going to play our starters, you know, see how they go out there. This is a very risky thing to do when you have absolutely nothing to play for. And this is like Detroit's end-of-year Super Bowl. They're 2-13-1. They're the second-worst team in the league. But they do play a lot better at home than away uh, you know, last week away against the Seahawks, they lost. You know, Broncos got dominated. But they've won their last two home games. They absolutely walloped the Cardinals, and they beat the Vikings. And a lot of their other home games have been close. You know, you look at the Bears on Thanksgiving, walk off their, uh, you know, the other game against the Vikings was close, the Ravens close. And actually, that initial Packers game, Detroit went into halftime with the lead in Green Bay. Monday Night Football, halftime 17-14, Detroit Lions. And then, you know, turnovers plagued them, turnover on downs in the third and fourth quarter. And Green Bay ended up winning that game. But here we are. I think Dan Campbell will have a great game plan. I think Jared Goff is going to want to play Giz. You know, I've seen from Jared Goff, he's much better than Tim Boyle. I'd rather have him. Amon St. Brown, tremendous rookie wide receiver. He, To me, he's been one of the three best rookie wide receivers this year. Uh, I like him a lot. Uh, I think they can definitely win this game, you know, with no DeAndre Swift or TJ Hawkinson. And you look at the Packers, I think that they won't play any of their people that are teetering you know, with injuries or Randall Cobbs, who's back from IR, but do you want to play him in this game or the Jair Alexanders, David Bakhtiari's guys that could play, but haven't played all year. Why play them in this game? Uh, so I think if it's close, you know, why risk Aaron Rodgers getting hurt? I don't think he plays the whole game. And I think the Lions get the win uh, here. Then Chicago and Minnesota. Now this is a matchup between two court or two head coaches that I expect to be fired as soon as Monday morning. Don't expect Matt Nagy to be there or Mike Zimmer. This is basically the playing for pride game. Con artist Kirk, ultimate con artist last week against the Green Bay Packers where he took his paycheck and didn't even play and cost the Minnesota Vikings a spot in the playoffs. Now you can come back for this meaningless game against Chicago and put on a good performance. I think Minnesota will win this meaningless game of pride. They'll finish 8-9, and nine, which I thought they'd finish. I thought they'd miss the playoffs. 
I thought they finished sub 500, and there they are. That prediction proved true. It'll be eight and nine. Uh, Dalvin Cook, you know, says he's going to play well. Uh, he's going to play hard every down. I mean, good for him. Good for this team. Uh, good for them all. Will it be entertaining? Since it's a Vikings game, since most Vikings games have been one score, yeah, it could be entertaining. We'll see. But this is not a must-watch for me. However, I like the Vikings to win this game. How about the Washington football team and the New York Giants? This could be the last game that you watch the Washington football team, and they are called the football team. They could have a new name next year. We could be saying the Defenders... The Red Hawks, the Red Wolves, the Burgundy Boys. No, not that one. Uh, other ones, maybe. Uh, Commanders, Presidents. But we'll see. This could be your last time watching the Washington football team. And how disappointing it's been for Washington. 6-6, six and six, you control your own destiny. You lose four straight. You're 6-10, and ten, you're eliminated. You've had quarterback issues with Heineke. Uh, with Kyle Allen and then the other one that was in there. Uh, the Giants as well. Daniel Jones shut down for the year. Mike Glennon uh, coming in. Joe Judge talking about how players call him and wish they were back there with him. Really, you expect me to believe that? Mumbo jumbo that players are calling you saying, I wish I took less money to stay with the Giants. Really, you expect me to believe that? Oh, Joe Judge, I am not that gullible. I don't believe for a second that any player wishes they think they were on the 4-12 and Giants. The worst team in New York. Yes, I believe the Jets are better than the Giants. The Giants, who are projected to have the fourth pick. Okay. And I believe they will get the fourth pick. I believe the Washington football team will win this game. You know, Ron Rivera, you know... Look better at six and six than he did at six and ten, but I think they'll come out, win this game, uh, no matter who's playing, who's out. I like the football team to win this game and get to seven and ten, and that's kind of to me Ron Rivera's record is he was the seven and nine coach, so this year he was going to be the either eight and nine coach, seven and ten coach, one of the two. Here he is looking at seven and ten, and I think he'll get there. Now we're getting to a potential playoff seeding game. Indianapolis and Jacksonville. Indianapolis wins. They're in. However, Indianapolis hasn't beat Jacksonville in Jacksonville in seven years. 2014 was the last time that it's happened. Even Jacksonville has played Indianapolis close last time in Indy when it was 23-17. to Will Jacksonville play inspired? With emotion. This is kind of Jacksonville Super Bowl like I outlined Detroit. Can it happen? Can the Jags spoil Indianapolis's season and force them to miss the playoffs? My answer? No. I don't see it happening. Instead, I see the opposite. I see Indianapolis dominating this game. Carson Wentz, who didn't practice much because he was on COVID list last week. I expect him to play much better. I expect Jonathan Taylor to have a great game. He needs 266 yards to get to 1,000. 
Not saying it's impossible, but it's unlikely. But I think he'll rush for a buck fifty at least. This team will handle Jacksonville. Jacksonville, who really hasn't looked good, hasn't played competitive in a while. Uh, their one game was really the Jets, and that's kind of been it the last second half of the season. I don't have a lot of faith in Jacksonville. I think Indianapolis is upset they were one of the hottest teams, and they dropped an ugly one to the Raiders that they could have won, could have sealed uh, their postseason uh Birth, you know, stuck with the five seed, but instead they are there at nine and seven, needing a win to get in. And I think it'll happen. I know a lot of people are looking at the Jacksonville upset and a lot of, you know, Steelers fans and Ravens fans out there, but I'm sorry, I don't see it. So because of that, this Pittsburgh-Baltimore game will be meaningless, but they play simultaneously, so you still want to play hard. This is Big Ben's last game. He just had his home coming, a send-off. You think Baltimore is going to give him that same reception he just received? Oh, heck no. This is going to be a hostile atmosphere. Who are going to be glad that Big Ben is gone? Mike Tomlin has secured his record and to me, you know, he was 11 and 5 last year, but he's 8 and 8 in the postseason, Mike Tomlin. And that to me is who I just think of the Steelers as since AB and Le'Veon Bell left. They've kind of been a teetering 500 team. So why not go out of the season 8 8 and 1? I think Baltimore will win this game. Both have slim playoff chances. They're still going to play hard. Who knows if Lamar will be healthy or not. We don't know if there's any indication that anything's changed. But I think the Baltimore Ravens, who were the number one seed, you know, what was it, five weeks ago, and now they've lost five in a row. What a collapse. This is like a collapse of epic proportions where you are 8-3 and three and in the driver's seat, and you lose five in a row. That's kind of epic to me. Because a lot of them have also been like one point losses. Or two point losses. So yes, a lot of those games. To me, I can't believe that this has happened to the Baltimore Ravens. However, I don't think they drop six straight. I think they win. They get to nine and eight. They have the slim playoff chance if Indianapolis loses to Jacksonville. And Pittsburgh... Uh, loses, they go to 8-8-1, eight, eight, and, and bye-bye, Big Ben. This is your 247th final regular season start. You know, you're 16-10 against Baltimore, like I said. Happy Baltimore. Uh, Baltimore's going to be happy that you're gone. But this is kind of like just a sentimental game, a huge rivalry between the Steelers and the Ravens and Big Ben's last game, playoff chances on the line. I mean, what a game that'll be. Then the last game of a morning slot or early afternoon, Tennessee and Houston. Tennessee can wrap up the number one seed with a win, and I think they do. I think they wrap it up. I know last time Tennessee played Houston, they were shocked at home too. Uh, 22-13, Ryan Tannehill, four turnovers. I think they had five total on the day. Uh, 
you're going to have to play a lot more disciplined this week at Houston. And I think Mike Vrabel will have his team locked in. They have their eyes set on the goal, the number one seed. I like Tennessee to come in and win this game behind Brian Tannehill. Uh, Deontay Foreman, who's been a great back. You know, you're going to have Derrick Henry back. A.J. Brown has been playing good since he's been back. Julio Jones just activated. Kevin Byard, one of the top safeties in coverage. I think this defense will come in ready. They'll come in playing hot. Who Last week, who knows what they faced in the Dolphins, who were on the seven-game winning streak. And they came in and shut them down. I expect them to shut down the Houston Texans as well. Now we're getting into some games that mean some stuff. New Orleans in Atlanta. New Orleans needs to win to keep their playoff hopes alive. And, of course, they'll need the Niners to lose, but they just need to focus on winning. Taysom Hill, all of them, can they do it? You know, they've lost earlier in the year to Atlanta. Atlanta's eliminated. New Orleans has to win this game. And things have been shaky for the Saints. You know, they grinded out a tough win against the Panthers. Uh, but before that, you know, they got whacked, just whacked by the Miami Dolphins at home. Now you're facing, you know, a big rival in the Falcons. Can you hang on? Yes, I believe Sean Payton will have Taysom Hill in order. Do I think this will be a pretty game? No, this will be an ugly game like the Saints game last week against the Panthers or the Bucks a few weeks ago. This will be strong defensive play by the Saints. This will be Marshawn Lattimore, Jack Rabbit Jenkins, Cam Jordan, Marcus Davenport, it's going to be this team pressuring Matt Ryan, sacking him, forcing turnovers, uh, setting up better field position for Taysom Hill in this offense. And because of that, you know, I think New Orleans will win this game. The Falcons are looking for their first sweep of uh, the Saints since 2016. However, Sean Payton has historically owned the Falcons 21 of 31 meeting since he's been the Saints coach. So yes, I think the Saints will win. Keep their playoff hopes alive. New uh, New York Jets and the Buffalo Bills. I mean, really, you want to put this as an afternoon slot to decide the division between Buffalo and the Patriots. All Buffalo has to do is beat the Jets. You've got to be kidding me. Yes, I think Buffalo is going to dominate the Jets. It won't be tough. It won't be hard. Last time the score was 45-17. I expect something similar this week, and I expect Josh Allen, who's thrown 15 interceptions this year, to not throw that many this game, but I expect him to throw for a lot of yards, some touchdowns, you know, after what was his worst game all season last week against the Falcons, where Devin Singletary actually put the team kind of on his back and did good, however... The Jets being the Jets, suffering a crushing loss last week to Tom Brady, I think zapped a lot of that spirit. They're fighting power. Buffalo wins the game on Sunday. Now you have a big game deciding a playoff spot. Could decide the division as well. The San Francisco 49ers and the Los Angeles Rams. Kyle Shanahan has owned this matchup recently. 5-0. 
said with Jimmy G, Jimmy G has never lost to the Rams, won every game with Kyle Shanahan here. It's kind of been domination too. It's like I think the scoring margin of a five and zero record if they're on the last two or three years, it's like a hundred and thirty two to eighty four. So it, games really haven't been close. The one earlier this year, Monday night in Santa Clara, was that way thirty one to ten, San Francisco open with like an eleven minute drive, something ridiculous. Uh, and just imposed their will time and time again. And I like San Francisco to win this game. I do. There's something about Kyle Shanahan as an underdog. This team as an underdog. They like that mentality. Uh, I expect Jimmy Garoppolo to at least come in and make some plays. Trey Lance played a lot better in the second half last week. And they've got playmakers. They've got Debo Samuel, George Kittle, who I think are going to give their hearts out for this win. This is a confident group as well. And they need to win to get in because, like I just uh, said, I expect the Saints to win. So if the Saints win, the Niners need to win. But if you're the Rams, you also have to have some sort of confidence because you have won five games in a row. Yes, some of them have been close. But nonetheless, you have won five in a row. You've put yourself in a position to win this game and win the division. So this is a big game for you. Cooper Cup could get the triple crown in receptions, touchdowns, yards. He could break Michael Thomas's reception uh, record on Sunday. He could break Megatron's receiving yard record on Sunday. So a lot of great things can happen in this game. I think this game will be epic. Do I think San Francisco will dominate like it was earlier, you know, 31 to 10? No, I do not. I expect this game to be a lot closer in margin. This game is in LA. Rams house will be rocking. This is a matchup where I think they have a lot of respect for each other. San Francisco is an imposer. Well, I think it's good that they have Elijah Mitchell who was out for a little bit of a stretch where we kind of struggled to run the football. Elijah Mitchell didn't struggle against the Rams earlier in the year, so that will be good. It will open up play action. Like I said, the playmakers, the defense, I think will play great for the Niners. I think San Francisco upsets the Rams, pulls it out, gets a playoff spot. I think it'll be close, though. I don't see thorough domination in all phases of this football game. I see a very, very close matchup this weekend, but one that Jimmy G and this Niner squad will pull out and win and could possibly make some trouble come playoffs next week. New England and Miami. New England, do they really expect Buffalo to lose to the Jets to where you want to play? Dolphins seeking their third consecutive victory over the Patriots. It's been hard for New England to come into Miami and win football games. However, I've got to think that the Patriots will win this game. I don't believe the Miami Dolphins win three straight on Bill Belichick. That's very tough to do. I don't think it starts. I think Miami lost a lot of that spark last week. 
when they lost to the Tennessee Titans, were eliminated from the playoffs. Yes, they could play with some spark and emotion. However, I just don't see it. I like New England to come in this game. Mac Jones uh, to continue his hot streak from last week. Uh, Damian Harris. I like him to actually get to 1,000 rushing yards this season. He's at 892. Needs 108 to do it. I think he gets there. Uh, Jacoby Myers, Kendrick Bourne, uh, this team, I think they click just enough. And you also don't want to lose to kind of get the Colts the 5 seed and you be the 6. And you possibly play the Bills again. So I think New England wins this game. They win it convincingly as well. Seattle and Arizona. This is big uh, because Arizona still playing for a division. And like I outlined, if they win this game and the Niners win, Cardinals win the division. And guess what? They get a rematch with San Francisco. And they've done very well over San Francisco this season. It doesn't matter who's starting actually for either team. If it's Colt McCoy, Kyler Murray, or if it's Trey Lance, uh, Jimmy G. Cardinals have got the better of it with them with those quarterback combinations. So Arizona, still a lot to play for. And they dominated Seattle earlier this year. And that was with Russell Wilson coming back. And I thought Seattle would win. And they didn't. Prater missed a few field goals. And it was a 10-point victory. And it could have been more. But the Arizona Cardinals, I think, will win this game. I think they have enough momentum from last week's win against the Cowboys, which was a great win, I thought, for Kyler Murray to kind of get back on the horse after the three-game losing streak uh, right there. Now they play a division opponent. And the Cardinals have been very good against divisional opponents this year. They're 4-1. and one. Uh, There's only really two teams better than them that I thought in the division in their conference. Uh, that's the Cowboys who are 5-0 and the Packers who are 4-1. and uh, The Cardinals have been really good, especially in their own division. So yes, I like the Cardinals to win this game. You know, if I thought this would be Russell's last game for sure, or Pete Carroll's, maybe they go out with a bing. But chances are Russell Wilson sadly stays with the Seahawks and they continue their crappy run together and nothing changes and the Seahawks go out in misery. Uh, But Arizona comes in and defensively, I've liked them. I think they've picked up some steam. They've adjusted to J.J. Watt being out. Uh, Chandler Jones, you know, Peters, all the guys down there, Allen, uh, in the trenches, they've been tough a lot recently. And the secondary gets burned, but they also make plays. Buda Baker, it looks like his name is being called on every single play count, play snap. Arizona Cardinals, I think, win this game, gives them a shot at the three seed. Carolina and Tampa Bay. What a week Tampa Bay has been through. It's kind of been like a week in hell for the Buccaneers. I mean, you just have this Antonio Brown shroud over you. And I'm glad it's for kind of a meaningless home finale where you can't even clinch a one seed. Uh, This game wasn't close a few weeks ago. I expect Tampa Bay to win. I'm going to pick them to win. But I think it's going to be a lot closer just because of that. Like I said, the shroud of Antonio Brown all week, it's been 
Antonio Brown this, Antonio Brown that. I liked Bruce Arians yesterday coming out, deflecting all the accusations, firing back and just saying, hey, we're prepared for the Carolina Panthers. That's what we want to come out and focus on. It's not one uh, day has it been about the matchup Tampa Bay against Carolina. It's been about Antonio Brown, Antonio Brown. Like I said, I'm happy because I think they can just pull out the win, get this win, and then get back on track for the playoffs and hopefully not have to deal with any of this Antonio Brown junk. I'm looking for Tom Brady to make the final close on his MVP case to exceed 5,000 yards, break Jameis Winston's record of, like, I think 5,100 yards. I'm looking for Tom Brady to break his single-season record uh, or the Bucks single-season touchdown record. Uh, Tom Brady had it last year at 40. He's at 40 right now. I expect him to break that coming in. Mike Evans plays sparingly. And just really, I want to see how this offense looks now. No Antonio Brown, no Chris Godwin. This is going to be your unit for the playoffs. Mike Evans, Cameron Brate, Rob Gronkowski. Definitely enough weapons sidled. Grayson, Brashad Perryman, Scotty Miller. But this is going to be a good test. Kind of a tune-up tune up before the playoffs and before your first-round matchup. But I think Tampa Bay will do it. I don't care who's playing for a quarterback on Carolina, if it's Sam Darnold or Cam Newton. They've been lost. They've lost six straight. I think they dropped seven straight this weekend. Tampa Bay wins. And in the scenarios I've laid out already, they would get the two seed, which is big because it guarantees them two home playoff games. And then finally, Sunday night. Chargers and Raiders, the scenarios I've laid out is the winner, and most likely no matter what, winner gets in. you got the Chargers and the Raiders. And to me, two very different teams. Earlier in the year, Chargers beat them 28-14. Joey Bosa got into Derek Carr's head, even said it like, hey, we got him rattled. And you've got the Chargers, who are plus 18, plus 18 in point differential. You've got the Raiders, who are negative 68. Negative 68. You know what that is? If the Raiders get in, they will be the worst team, I think, to make the playoffs in a while. The worst team. Uh, because in, they, when they look bad, they look bad. Even in wins, they're all close. I mean, the Denver Broncos, who are eliminated, have a higher point differential than them. At plus 17. Plus 17. You know what else is better? The Dolphins, minus 41. Baltimore-Pittsburgh, who likely won't get in. Baltimore's at minus 2. Pittsburgh is at minus 58. Even the Browns are at minus 27. That just shows you how bad the Raiders really are. And then you look at teams on the other side of the conference. Minnesota, minus 15. And you've got even the Seattle Seahawks, who are eliminated, plus 21. San Francisco, plus 59. But this is a one-game winner-take-all. Anything can happen. Any crazy thing can happen, but I really do believe that the better team is going to win. I think the interim coach for Raiders has done a great job at kind of handled the, all the messes of Las Vegas, the uh, Henry Ruggs dismissal, the John Gruden dismissal, the cutting of their former first-round pick, you know, the loss of icon John Nadden. They rallied to win last week, so I mean, it's just been a roller coaster season 
for the Raiders, and I think the roller coaster, it comes to a stop on Sunday. I think the Chargers are just the better team, and I think the better team will prevail. I think Justin Herbert, who's shown he has a lot of potential, but he also makes a lot of mistakes. But that's the same with Derek Carr. So what's the X factor here? X factor, Austin Eckler. They have a back that Raiders don't have who's just dynamic. I like Josh Jacobs a lot, but he's not as dynamic as Austin Eckler where he's kind of that sort of Camara-like feature back where he can rush and receive. He's great. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. Again, the defensive line pressure. I expect the line from the Chargers to get to Derek Carr. A lot more Joey Bosa to be in on him, to rough him up, to get the game, and to get into the playoffs. I like the Chargers to win this game. Be very interesting to see which of these two teams shows up. I think it will be close. Last time it really wasn't that close. Uh, But I expect this game because it's, you know, winner gets in. You know, it could be a... Field goal walk-off by Daniel Carlson for the Raiders it is crazy, but we'll see. But that is a big Sunday night game. Now moving on to the NBA. Yesterday, crazy Knicks game. Absolutely, you know, bananas where Celtics are up by 25 at one point. They're up in the half by like, I think, 15, 16 And then third quarter, New York, you know, strikes back. They get within distance. And then in the fourth quarter, it's kind of the back and forth uh, between them. Evan Fournier just went off. Went just beast mode. 10 of 14 from three. Had a career high 41 points. Was terrific. Julius Randle was decent. Made a couple big shots quickly uh, off a bench with 16 but I mean, it was back and forth. Jason Tatum made some big shots. Dennis Schroeder as well. But the big shot, the dagger, was, you know, buzzer beater. R.J. Barrett, three, bank shot to win the game, 108-105. I mean, what a thing of beauty. Evan Fournier, who just played for the Celtics last year. I mean, to me, he just relishes this matchup. He just wants to go off on his former team. I love it. Uh, I mean, Jason Tatum, brilliant again. This was just a matchup of two teams that have potential to be really good but aren't are the 500 mark. But the Knicks, big win for them because I think, like they know, we're going to be playing in a bubble. Or not the bubble, but in a play-in to uh, get into the playoffs. Then tonight... There's a couple big games on. First, the Milwaukee Bucks and the Brooklyn Nets. This game, this one is in Brooklyn. So there's no Kyrie. So it's a whole different rotation and matchup than what it just was against the Pacers. Giannis Antetokounmpo, however, is out. He has an illness. It's not COVID-related. Because of that, I don't think the Bucks won this game. It's just when the Bucks were getting good. Now Giannis is out again. You know, no Grayson Allen as well. Dante DiVincenzo. Uh, too many people to be out. I think even Brooklyn, no Kyrie Irving. 
Brooklyn comes in. They win this game. Kevin Durant, MVP-like lately. He comes out and has another stellar performance. They close out the Bucks. Hawks and Lakers. Another game of kind of two teams right there. Atlanta and their Eastern Conference, 17-20. Lakers, four-game winning streak at 20-19. and LeBron averaging like 30 points the past, you know, week or so, or two weeks or so. Same with Trey Young. This is going to be a fantastic matchup. And to me, you know, I'm not riding super high on the Lakers, even though they're on a four-game winning streak. They're playing a lot better. Russell Westbrook cutting out the turnovers, you know, leading the team in rebounds and assists. I like LeBron to come out like he's been playing lately and score 30-something points on Atlanta. I think Trey Young can match it, but I just think the overall play of the Lakers, Mello, Russell, Malik Monk, who's also been on red-hot tear, they beat the Atlanta Hawks. They get five straight wins. They gain some confidence as well. And, hey, we're a team now that's, in the top six, you know, depending on what happens to Dallas, we could be top five. That's where we want to be. We want to be a top five team in the West. Realistically, can't catch up to Phoenix, Golden State, or Utah. But if, you know, we can get to four at most, unlikely, but stay top five team, that is exactly what we want where we can avoid the play-in. If you're a Lakers fan like me, that's kind of what you want. That's what you envision, and I like it. Like the Lakers to win the game tonight. Now, one quick note about the NHL. Uh, since the NHL is mostly back, I know some teams postponed, but my Pittsburgh Penguins are on a ten-game winning streak, longest active streak in the NHL this season. They have weathered the injuries of. Star players, uh, Malkin uh, dealing with the COVID issues on the team. Uh, Jeff Carter, Kapanen has been in and out. Brian Rust, Zucker, I mean, they've handled it all. Sidney Crosby, Jake Gensel have been great. Evan Rodriguez as well. Kind of this crazy story where Penguins trade him multiple times and somehow he keeps coming back and he's played great. Uh, Brian Rust as well. Tristan Jari, have to get, tip my hat to him, who had a very rough playoffs last year against the Islanders, which kind of cost him the series. Kind of started with a rough start of a season, but has been terrific. Now they're on the 10-game winning streak. They're right in the thick of it in the Metro, and that's kind of what you need, just one streak to jumpstart Mike Sullivan. Terrific coach. So you're looking there and you're within striking distance of the Capitals, the Rangers, and the Hurricanes. But now to finish off, it's with the College Football National Championship, Georgia and Alabama. And I can't believe this. I don't know what the bookies are thinking, that Georgia is the favorite to win this game. Did we not watch a game a month ago where Bryce Young... Torch this team. I know Georgia has a good defense. They beat Michigan, and a lot of people like Michigan. That's why and uh, Alabama just beat a Cincinnati team. 
But Georgia's a two and a half point favorite. And ESPN FBI has Georgia like 60 40 in this game, which gives Alabama the underdog mentality. I looked at the quarterback. Bryce Young is a lot better than Stetson Bennett. In fact, he's so good, he has basically doubled everything he has. It's kind of unbelievable. Bryce Young has 4,500 yards to Stetson Bennett's 2,600 yards. 331 completions to 168. 27 touchdowns of Stetson Bennett to Bryce Young's 46. And oh, Bryce Young's throwing the ball 490 times this season. Stetson Bennett, 261. And can you believe it with almost double the passing attempts? Bryce Young has less interceptions. He has five. Stetson Bennett has seven. Brian Robinson, B-Rob, is a better rusher than Zach White. I know they use committee. Alabama still has Jamison Williams. And Georgia could not solve that problem. They just couldn't. The second Derry was torched. Alabama held Brock Bowers, uh, Pickens, and check. I expect the same. I expect Alabama, who's a lot better offensively, to come out fire on all cylinders against Georgia. Nick Saban will have his team ready. Last time the game was 41-24. to And this was a game that was basically a home game for Georgia. In Georgia! Now you're going to a true neutral site, and there could be possibly more Alabama fans there. I'm sorry, Nick Saban has like 25-1 and against his former assistants, never has lost to Kirby Smart. This is not the year Stetson Bennett gets it done, who I think is an absolute joke at the quarterback play. I was not impressed with him against Michigan. Uh, Michigan, defensive laps, you've got Vincent Gray looking up at the lights, not knowing where the ball is. Uh, just Michigan underprepared, not in love with anything that Georgia does, that Kirby Smart does. I expect Nick Saban and Alabama to wallop Georgia. Last time was 41-24. I expect something similar. I don't expect the close matchup that was last time in overtime a few years ago or the SEC championship a couple years ago where it came down to the wire. No. I expect this to be a manhandle, a thorough manhandle, a Nick Saban master class, as you will, in coaching that proves that he is still the GOAT of coaching. He has his team ready more than anybody. Bryce Young outduels Stetson Bennett. And Alabama gets the big win. They repeat as national champions yet again this year. Alabama is crowned on top. Go Bama. Roll Tide. Whatever I want to say, I will be repping Alabama red and crimson all day Monday. Go Alabama. You deserve this. Go Bama. So with that, this has been Get Your Goat. What do you think? Who do you think makes it to the playoffs? Who do you think wins the national championship game? You rolling with the Bulldogs? You rolling with Alabama? I guess we'll find out Monday. I'll talk to you guys next week. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. Bye.